0: Welcome to Raising Our Voices. My name's Lachlan Jones and this is James and Ariane, Ariane and,
1: and Pauline, Pauline. Wiggins. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello everyone. how are we
2: doing? And today we're talking about the perils and great things about public transport.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting journey to get here today, wasn't oh, it? Yes, yes, it
0: was. Definitely. It was. Gotta love trams. Gotta love And, it. and yeah, they, those sensational trams. Actually, they um, they actually, were. They, we should give them ten
1: points for, for stuffing up. So good yeah, they place. stuffed up mightily, didn't they? Yeah, they. But there was a good save at the end. There, we had very helpful staff on the platform that helped us uh, get on when all the other customers weren't prepared to wait. What for
2: happened us. is there's already been delays, right? And mm. then one of the trams turned up that luckily was not our tram. And then its front door got jammed. So everybody who just got on was getting off. And then finally they fix it, right, because they can't go with the door jammed. Mm. And so finally they fix it, and then another one moves through. And then we've got to wait for the third one up. Mm. And then as we're getting on people are trying to push past us to get off. Yeah. So then the the lovely staff who had been helping us up for about what seemed like the last 20 minutes um, were making pathways and making sure no one pushed past, which was yeah. great.
0: Especially yeah. for Aran and myself because we were all the ones that technically are supposed to have priority and right-of-way, so... Because we're both in wheelchairs, yep. aren't I, we, locked Yeah, exactly. And and, um, and that
1: was okay once we got on. There were two wheelchair-accessible spots there that yep. we nabbed. But then we had the getting-off saga. Mm. <laughs> mm. I would
2: personally like to thank the lady on the 109 tram who helped me off. But in the process of helping me off, one, I can't see behind me, so I bashed into this woman accidentally he thought she'd moved out of the way but she hadn't and then my bag got stuck on one of the chairs and broke and then as the lady was trying to fix it by getting it off its hook because it's on a special hook that holds it on um, she copped me one in the side of the eye, which was fantastic. That's, yeah,
3: yeah, that's not good.
1: No, <laughs> no, and I'm sure that you know the tram driver was thinking, "Well, I don't know what's going on down there, but it's taking forever."
2: And for people but, that can't see, our panel operator Gab is currently laughing her face off like.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. But um, anyway, that's the 109 tram, which is yes. which is accessible. So as you can imagine, the ones that aren't accessible are even more yeah. disastrous. Yes. Yes.
2: And today we'll also be talking about um, all the things from um, buses to trains to taxis. Mm. I believe we'll have a brief section on taxis mm. and what's good and what's not.
1: And one of the things um, we, uh, we wanted to concentrate on because we haven't in the past, is buses. Hmm. Yeah, particularly.
2: Yeah, in and particular.
1: In particular buses, yeah, because um, buses, um, well, in the past weren't that accessible. I know, Lachlan, you had some history yep. with buses. Yeah,
0: I have. Um, do you to yeah, touch us. on that? Um, I lived in East Brunswick and there were no low-floor trams back in those days and, and on Brunswick Road on Think it was um, I can't remember the number now, but guy from Northern Bus Lines, which is now Dysons. Um, I rang up one day thinking oh, I'll have to ring up every day, and he said no. It's on quarter past the hour, and I thought, beauty, and it goes to Clifton Hill Station, so I don't have to ring that bus company up mm. if I need to go to Clifton Hill Station because it's a bit of a hike. So unless you. Doesn't run on Sunday, so.
1: So were these buses every fifteen minutes? Were accessible or not? Yes, yes, they were. That's
0: um, good. not all of them. There was no, one. Not all of them. There was one going up. Hmm. Then it was coming down. Then every second one was accessible.
2: But you had to call up about the time. No,
0: no, that was a different bus company. Oh, okay. That was that was national. And what happened mm-hmm. with national? Oh, back... In those days, I used to have to ring when I used to train for the Paralympics. I'd, when they had a list in the gym off Victorian uni mm-hmm. and I'd have to organise the bus twice a week, the
1: mm-hmm.
0: night before, 10.49 and, and then I'd have to ring the following morning to see if it if they've already marked it down because somebody might ring in sick to like like or someone might know overlook it and see that it's been highlighted as low floor.
1: So the schedule wasn't um, there weren't that many low floors, so no. you'd have to ring the night before to find out Try. if you could get one scheduled and then ring the next day to make sure it was actually running Yep, before you could rely on the bus Be- being Well there.
0: before I could rely on going to the Bus stop.
1: Yeah.
2: And what? What sort of? You said it was a while ago, but I wanted to get because I'm very interested in that sort of mm. that sort of thing. I wanted to get what sort of time period around that? What sort of decades? Sort
0: of <sighs> now you're asking me. Um, it's a few years ago now, but.
2: So back in the early two thousands or not?
0: Probably. 90s? Hmm. Yeah, hmm. about that pop. Possibly, I'm not, don't quote me, but... And then back in the 90s, again, I used to have to ring Ivanhoe Bus Company the day before mm. to, like, if I could organise a low-floor bus just to go to a local, uh, local shopping centre. So,
1: so what's the story now with the buses? Um,
0: Well, now I can wheel down... To like the smart bus press, there's an automatic.
2: There's a button um,
0: you press. Yeah, press and says automatic, time, buses in two minutes. Mm -hmm. Like you did, like we did with the 109 tram. So it's pretty much the same scenario, but with a bus. So
1: and does every bus that come have a ramp now? Yep. So. All the buses you can get on, they're low floor? Yep, yeah. pretty
2: much. And the buses, there are some buses running that aren't low floor at the moment, but most mm. of them are. And what they're doing with the old buses that aren't, is they're still running them, but when they break down or come to the end of their life, they replace them with a or they, low floor. Or
0: bus. they use them for chartered school runs or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Wow.
1: So it wasn't actually an impossible task, was it, to Not. get it to happen? It just took so long to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's okay, everything. Like
2: with the it's like with the accessible trams are taking so long to get that to happen because they're like, yeah. oh, it's so much money. And yeah. when you think about it, yeah, it's a lot of money, but for the amount of time it's going to save for people travelling, for the amount of money it's going to save people that they can put back into the, I'm going to use a big word here, economy of mm. Australia, because they can spend it on different things, um, that's going to mm. be so much better for Melbourne.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Like, like I know, like I love living on Lygon street because we had trams outside my front door and... Um, you couldn't get on them? No, nah, no. Nah. Well, and that's mum, just
1: that's rubbing your nose in it, isn't it? They yeah. sail pretty past much.
0: You. I tried to. I tried to tell mum that, but yeah. anyway, it's another yeah. side issue. But but I um but but it had its advantages to like on the weekends or go full buses through National because all the um wonderful steps weren't once I had enough in the fleet they. We're in a position to have all the old Mark 1s, all the old C ones off the road on the weekends and then the Mark 2s and just all the Mer- Mer- Mercedes or MANs or whatever. So, so it was pretty much... I didn't have to ring up on the weekends. It was more during the week.
1: So we've come a long way, but it's probably taken 30 years. Since the 80s, we've been lobbying for accessible buses. Mm. Um, I remember sitting down with a bus owner in the 80s um, talking about accessible buses, and he looked at me like I was from Mars. And, um, you know, at, at that time, I'd just come back from the US where in Las Vegas of all places, all the public transport was absolutely accessible. So what so, so, <laughs> But um yes, I said to him sorry. it was possible but it's so, taken a long so, time. So what bus company was this from Uh well going back a while now I tested my memory and I, I don't think I can even recall. But um yes, we have come a long way. But what about yep. um some of the issues around um bus drivers and assistants and getting on and off oh, buses and getting the, up those ramps and down those ramps.
2: problem, and this is great if you need the help, um, and some people know I need the help because they can't get their particular bus low enough, but some people who don't know me, they just think they can touch the chair. and. Our chairs are an extension of who we are. They're an extension of our personal space. Mm -hmm. So for about a metre around the chair, that's personal space. So basically what they do is people will just start pushing you without asking Mm -hmm. or helping you get on the bus. And it's like, no, I don't actually need your help. And there are some cases where I'll get stuck where I'll ask for help. But if I'm not asking for help, and if I'm doing it by myself, let me do it by myself. Um, If I ask you for assistance, or if you know me well enough to know I need assistance with a particular type of bus, then you help me. But other than that, you have to ask first.
0: Can I head on to that, Ariana? Yes, of course you can. Um, (coughs) Pardon me. I... I've been on many buses, and sometimes a vehicle can't, for whatever reason, it can lower down, but the ramp can't go dead flat. And yeah. and for safety reasons, I reverse myself back, and the driver gets out of his seat. And as Ariana, I think that's completely unfair. I know what you're saying in one respect, but yeah, they've but got the a, difference is we've Ariana, got different But, 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 but Ariana, so. what you've got to understand is, when you're in their vehicle, they've got a duty of care. If you injure yourself, yeah. getting mm. out of the vehicle, right? I'm not. I know you're a bit. I know you pride on personal space, but if you hurt yourself alighting their bus, they could be liable. You mm. could then. You could turn around so I'm going to sue you because you didn't,
2: Yeah. you know. The thing is, if you say I don't need the help and then something happens to you, you can't actually go back to them and then say, because you've taken responsibility for your own personal safety. See, that's Mm. a difference. And me and and you have different wheelchairs. So you Mm. have, for example, you have a manual wheelchair, which is less capable of perhaps getting up steep ramps whereas I have an electric wheelchair which is more capable because the suspension better and all that sort of stuff oh, and, and I can be more independent mm, to that
0: I'm more, I'm independent but it's just a matter of being safe and and responsible and yeah. making sure you can do what you're pushing up and safe in with your capabilities not yeah. Trying to be ridiculous. Yeah. And, it's a
1: very interesting debate you guys are having. And, and the driver's... I think
0: communication's and, the key. And the yeah. driver's got... Yeah,
1: communication. And the
0: driver's got to, like, regardless of seatbelt or not, if I flip, uh, um, flip head over heels, I've got a shunt in my head, which is a little valve that pumps fluid around my body. If I tip on my head and I have to go into hospital due to um, entering the bus safely, that's why I get the driver to help me if the ramp's too steep.
2: Yeah, I think everybody has their own personal experience and everybody's mm. different when having experience on buses. And quite often when I get mm. on the bus, I've got somebody else with me. Mm. So I've got my... I live with my mm. twin sister. Mm. So you I'm getting on and off the bus, I've usually, you know, 90% of the time got someone with me. So, And often they say, um, oh, you're by yourself today, or, oh, what's your sister doing today? So they take note that Mm. I'm actually by myself, which means that, A, they're paying attention, B, they're doing their job right. Mm. And see they actually do ask me more often if I need help when I'm not with my sister Mm. because they know that when I'm with my sister my sister is fully capable of assisting me Mm. Mm. whereas when I'm by myself I might need more assistance you know what I mean?
1: All yeah. right, well, can we move on from buses? Because I'm, I'm conscious that James hasn't had much of a say, and I want to bring you into the discussion, James. We were talking um, before we got here today a little bit about ticket inspectors and good communication with them, and that's yes, important too, isn't it? Is, it is,
3: but there are ticket inspectors. But they, sometimes they check your, your tickets to see if it's got enough credit on it, but mm. they sometimes give you a fine. Mm. if you don't have enough credit on your Mikey.
1: They do. And I think, um, you know, it's tricky sometimes to be sure if you have got enough money, especially if you do have a disability that makes it difficult for you to work those things out. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and it can make it difficult for you to remember as well. And they don't necessarily take that into account when giving you a fine. The
1: ticket inspectors won't take that into account, I can tell you now.
2: But Even if you tell them, they're like, oh, still not our responsibility. Not our job. And it's like, well, it should be.
1: it's important for the listeners to know that if you think your disability is making it hard for you to use the tickets, you can apply for an Mm. access travel pass. Yeah. And one of the reasons that you can get one for is if you have difficulties remembering to top up or to touch yeah. on or touch yeah. off, which are all things that, you know, really are extra. used mm. to, once upon a time, just be able to buy a ticket and that was it. Now there's all mm. these extra things you have to be able to do just mm. to travel And it's supposed to make
2: it easier, but it doesn't make it more difficult, mm. doesn't it? It does. It makes it much, much more complex. And also it's about knowing what you're entitled to as a person with a disability. Like, they say that access travel passes are for people with, you know, mobility aids and stuff yeah. Um, when using the community. That's all they say about it. They don't say, but you can also get it if you have this type of disability. Or you can get it if you have an intellectual disability. They don't mention that. They only mention physical disabilities. Mm. So it's about knowing what you're entitled to. And that's what Raising Our Voices is here to do, let our listeners know what they're entitled
1: to and what they can get. Yeah, I agree. So you can get the um, forms to fill in. Yep. Um, I think that Southern Cross Station has them. Yeah, you Um, can get them at Southern Cross Stations.
3: You can get them at Flinders Street as well, I think, and...
1: North Melbourne would North have, Melbourne would the have major one major station, yeah. and yeah. I think you can even download them. Yeah, you, know, you can download them from, if you've got internet, and you can print yeah, out. Yeah.
2: There's a there's a link on the um, on the public transport Victoria website. Mm. Yeah, also. I think.
1: And there's also one you can get if you're a wheelchair user as well, isn't And there? if
2: you think you've been unfairly fined, you can um, put in a complaint to Metro Trains, and they'll yeah. look into it. Yeah. Also, don't I was um me and my sister were spoken very rudely to by um we were getting on a train the other day and what my sister does is she goes up because some of the doors to see into the driver's area, they're actually blacked out on the side so you can't see whether the driver's gotten up and seen you. So my sister will just Go and knock on the door because I've been left before, right? Mm. To let them know, by the way, there's someone out here. And the guy goes, Oh, that's very rude. And she goes, No, it's just me letting you know that she's here because Mm. it's been, um, she's been left before. And the guy proceeded to have an argument with my sister about how rude this was. So then we put uh, a complaint into. Metro. Metro and PTV and it was sorted out but people need to know that if you have problems with fines or problems with um, customer service, you do have a right to complain. There is a complaints process and yeah, if you have trouble putting in a complaint yourself, like you might have trouble with wording or you might not know how to do it, just ask someone... And they'll be happy to help
1: you.
3: Of course. Yeah. You're listening to 3CR on 855 on your AM dial. I'm your host, James. In the studio today, we have Pauline. Hello. Uh, Ariane and... Hi again. Lachlan. Yep. Welcome, everyone.
1: Thanks for back. welcoming us back. So we're talking transport, yeah?
3: Yes, we were.
1: Um, what about trains? We haven't talked yeah. much about
0: trains. Um, yeah, and I um work for the big issue briefly. Um I I work in the suburbs and I tow I have some time have been for some time towed about three trailers. I've got a little plastic one which I haven't got with me at this point in time, but I've had problems with um, cyclists on carriage one mm. it's been an ongoing battle where where I, like I've like been on the phone to metro trains every five minutes, every time I see a bike I'm on, I jump on the phone straight away and then I report it and then then not even a week or two later same thing again now the bike pops up like a, like a weed so so and then it's gotten to a stage now where they've put they've put a um they've put on the on the edge of the platform where the white bit is they've've they've put a cycle and picture of a bike but Red Cross no bikes on carriage one a layer on in the first door and still
2: They th- put the bikes on carriage one Pretty much. Mm. I have this problem all the time. Pretty I, much. I can tell you and people walk directly over the sign. I was talking to a guy who had um um multiple sclerosis or MS, um, and he was saying that so many, it, his pet hate that so many people get on the train and use the first carriage for their bikes, even though it says no bikes on the first carriage. And he actually brings it up with people. And one time I was on with him and he brought it up with this chick and she moved carriages. But then the next time, the woman was like, oh, I don't want to miss my train. And he's like, it takes you five seconds to ship carriage." carriages at the next stop like Mm. totally just do it and she didn't even pay attention to what he was saying same
0: here same same here with um with with the um i was on my way home from the city and i just really on on i really got pissed off driver didn't get onto the control room and did nothing, they don't do anything these days and and then got this two elderly couple and they said they didn't want to move and and Metro said well we can't do anything because there's no enforcement officers, they're only they're only doing so many, they can only be across so many services at any, at any given time.
2: But I suppose that's when it becomes confusing about those seats, because those seats are meant to be for elderly people as well. Mm. But they... No, but
0: these elderly people were riding bikes. Okay. Hmm.
2: But they'd put the bikes in the disabled spot. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. Mm.
0: Mm. And and it just really annoys me how, like, like and then I told MetroList time and time again and they say, Oh no, the government don't give us enough funds and it's and and
2: how many funds do you need? Like I don't know. I don't still know we're getting heaps of money.
0: Like, and then and then they and then they try and divert the issue by saying well they handball it back to the government yeah. and I'm so close to going to the Equal Opportunity Commission, it's not funny. I'm, I've been to the Public Transport, public transport Ombudsman. Got well, no, if you think the Equal
2: Opportunity is the best option, then you go to the Equal Opportunity Commission. That's what they're there for. And you know what I believe um, on the topic of public transport? Mm. there are only two travellers' aides in the whole of Melbourne. Mm. So many people... Not even people with disabilities rely on Travelers Aid to be able to get around and to be mm. able to, people rely on it for extra care when they don't have carers or whatever. And there's only two in the whole amount. I want to, in my capacity as a, um advocate for people with disabilities, advocate for the government to give Travelers Aid more money. So they can put one in at um at Melbourne Central. Because if you're busting and then you have to walk twenty minutes to get to the nearest toilet.
0: Motor twenty minutes, don't you mean like Motor along, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <clears throat> like drive. Sorry
0: about sorry about the
1: correction there. Yeah. It's a huge issue. Mm. Well, we've covered lots today though. Um, unfortunately, like always, we run out of time. Um there's so much more that needs to improve. I mean, have we got time just for one wish? Right, each of you, what would be your wish? My wish. for public transport. Would be that Metro should listen
0: to people, public. Tra- uh, listen to people and. and. and put more inspectors, advocate harder. Hmm. to to the government. Because we're advocating, we've got advocates as well. They're a private operator, like, or they shouldn't put money before people with disabilities.
1: Good call. All right, what about you, James? If you had one thing you'd like to see change, what would your wish be for public transport?
3: To have more uh, low-step low step trams.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. And we wouldn't have had to wait for 20 minutes and the disasters <laughs> we had today. Yeah. Ariane. Um... And they kind of already
2: do this with PSOs, but they need to have more, make it safer to travel at night because I myself don't travel over a certain time by myself Be- because one time um, we had all these racists on the train and it mm. took them like half the train trip to kick them off because they didn't have... Um,
1: Enough PSOs
2: people. can't actually arrest people. So we had to actually. Wait till we got to Flinders Street, and there was uh, um, actual officers there um, of like metro officers that can make an arrest under those circumstances.
1: Mm. That's another whole show, I reckon, there.
2: So I believe that people should tune in next month for our Part 2 episode on public transport. You've been listening to Raising Our Voices on 3CR 855 AM Community Radio. Yes, and you can
1: like our Facebook page, Raising Our Voices. Like our Facebook page. It's new. You can uh, see some footage couple of weeks. from today <laughs> up there. As soon as we get back to the office, we might be doing that. But, um, yes. yeah, don't forget the second Wednesday of every month at 6 o'clock.
2: And we'll also be updating you via the Facebook about your rights and um, responsibilities while
1: travelling on
2: public transport.
3: Up next, Amber Voices. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.